0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the second episode of the Soccer Scene with um, myself, Adrian Finnan, and joined once again by Noel O'Connor. And this evening, a special guest and former Galway United uh, chairman in Bernie O'Connell. Uh, thanks for joining us this evening, Bernie. Uh, yeah,
1: great to be with you, Adrian. I'm um, honoured to be a uh, part of the Sporting Lisbon, uh, Sport Limerick uh, podcast.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're, unfortunately, we don't have the same quality analysis as maybe some of the Sporting Lisbon um, uh, analysis. So um, we, you might have to bear with us on that one. But I suppose um, just to, to start really, uh, Bernie, obviously, as I mentioned at the, the top of the, at the introduction, you've been involved with, with Galway United for many years, I believe, both in a reporting sense and obviously uh, within the club as well. So your association stretches long back. Well, it
1: does in many respects. Um, I... Was a follower I suppose from day one Um many people I grew up in an era when the league of, league of Ireland football wasn't a reality in Galway and people thought it would it never would come so when we went in in 77 I was as enthused as anybody and uh, it was a great uh, great uh, addition to the fabric of sporting life in Galway to go up the dike road on a Sunday afternoon and um, he It had its charm, and there was a you know, people loved the novelty of a great crowd's great and great enthusiasm. I'd say for a few years we were kind of very much in the all-sour hands, but uh, a man of great 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 service to Limerick, Uh, John Herrick, I think was instrumental in kind of changing that because after about two or three years, uh, we brought us to a League Cup final, which we were lucky enough to lose on penalties in Dundalk, and the genesis of. Uh, the the goal kind of arriving to becoming a serious club I think was started there in the mid-80s then Tom Lally brought us to a cup final Tony Mannion the following season got us second in the league and I think that was our golden era era. so within 10 years of arriving into the league we had our our, um, major moments twice in Europe Um, okay we went on to 91 when we won the cup and that gave impetus then, I think, to maybe the transformation of Turryland Park, which was huge for us in that um uh, you know, we, we changed the ground and made it into a, a stadium, um you know, one that was um it, it was comparable to anything that I think that was that was in the league. People like playing there. Amy DC remarked to me that, well, look, he says the problem with that is everybody loves coming to Terryland. One time he says clubs would love to come down and uh, uh, they only wanted to get out without having injuries. No, they were leaving injuries, he says, and taking the points with them. So that didn't serve Eamon. And um, probably, as with a lot of things, there was a, there was a fair element of truth there. But, but I think Eamon's time for me, uh, before Gobi got into the League of Ireland, I remember Eamon playing for Limerick in the Cup Final in 77. And the thing that really got to me that day in uh, Dalymount was Eamon being the first uh, player that, that, that Limerick lads chanted for. And I could see the way that he had um, gotten into the hearts of Limerick uh, soccer followers. And uh, I think that probably gave him the lift to say, look, I could be really serious at that. And he said he stall up to go to England and Justin Villa and uh, winning the league with that 14-man squad and playing in Europe subsequently, and then coming home. And I suppose if you were to give John credit, uh, John Harry credit uh, a member of the team uh, for Limerick. You'd have to give Eamon's return in the mid 80s as a as a huge fillip to Galway that if Eamon was coming home and um, wasn't paid for his services because he didn't want it that way. And uh, the arrival of Joe Hanley as chairman for the club and the changed from Galway Rovers to Galway United. And then it led to kind of heady days. And I was lucky enough at those times to start Reporting for the Galway advertiser. From that, I went on to uh, do Galway VFM when I was there in its early days. And um, uh, I was also involved in the early 90s in the transformation of Terryland. So I have very fond memories of that, and that there were great communal efforts to kind of change the face of Galway software. And subsequently, I was deemed an independent as I was reporting. There was a three-pronged committee of Galway United, Galway FA, and Independence. I was independent, but subsequently I got involved with Galway United, first as secretary, and um, later on then the club um, without a business, and I was with uh, a group of people who came together to to re-found the club, following the report of Ned O'Connor for the FAI, that was tricky because salt and Merveu were in it and the Galway FAA were also members and in fairness uh, Merview and salt uh, withdrew and Galway United came back first as Galway FC and then Galway United and the Comer brothers came in to support the club and really that has been a huge huge uh, aspect of Galway United still being vibrant even when they hit bad days the Comers were there to support them and uh, to tease it up, like the difficulty of keeping the full time team going, as as you know yourselves, yeah. in mm-hmm. Limerick and you know, keeping League of Ireland going. Limerick, Galway have experienced it, there's highs and lows, but it's just important to keep going. And um, we look forward to the game with Treaty. You know, it's a, it's a great match, and there's a bit of spice involved in it because of the amount of Galway players who are. Um, uh, play with treaty you now, and you know, give them a great service, and they always come back to uh, you know, DC Park or Marcus Field with a point to prove, and um, uh, that's proper order. That's that's only right and fair. And um, it would be a fool who think that there's any that there's any likely outcome to that. That's a game that could go either way because you you always sense that lads like in the corner, Mark Mullen, they, they give it 150 percent when they play against Galway because it's that's in their. Um, that's in their in in their blood. They're competitive guys, and um, you know they have a
0: point to prove. And sure, would you ask for that on on Friday night? Absolutely not. And it's funny you said. I think you Noel, know, he's he's really downplaying uh, Galway United there because they'll definitely be favourites in M and DC Park on Friday night. But I suppose just to go back to your own points. You mentioned the likes of Eamon and DC, who's a legend. The ground is now named after him as well, uh, Bernie. And you mentioned, you know, the start in seventy seven, the cup finals. Uh, with Galway. There's obviously trials and tribulations like you said as well. We know that uh, in Limerick and it has been the same for Galway Um, into the la- at the start of the last decade uh, as well. I suppose what's your your highest point or what was the most memorable point uh, that you can uh, name uh, being involved uh, with Galway and supporting Galway over the years?
1: Well personally uh, you know I had an involvement in, in bringing them out to Carrow for the the '86 uh, uh, European match. Um, so I used to work as an Irish teacher in Irish colleges in Mancararoa and um, I, I knew that the pitch there wasn't, uh, it, was a, it was a community pitch, it wasn't attached to the GAA, so I knew that there was a possibility there, and whilst we played in the sports ground in 85, that wasn't available to us in 86, so I, I, I brought Johanley out to show him the ground and, you know, subsequently Aidan Gallagher came down from for the FBI and, and, and uh, UEFA. And past the ground, so I, I looked at that as a, as a great memory. I'd say the reopening of the uh, of, of Terryland was a huge thing and following three or four very hard years of work. Indeed, Michael D was the minister for the up that so I remember. He gave us a grant for 18k, which doesn't look a huge sum now, which you you might might be worth about maybe five, six, seven times the money at that point, point. and that enabled us to, to get that through. That was that was a huge moment. Obviously, winning the cup in '91 was huge. And then, some years ago, when uh, things were, were pretty low for Galway, um, I, I got a group of people together to have a project which is known as Reclaim the Dike, because, as I said to you, the, the games started on a Sunday afternoon uh, in 77, and people used to walk up uh, the Dike Road to the matches, and you'd have the Corrib on your left, and you know, you're almost going into the countryside. But people walked to the matches, and we decided we'd start a season like this. Now, the same time Alan Murphy was appointed, we were in the first division. We were embedded into it. We'd never gotten out, but he had only really a team of youngsters. Now, again, a great Limerick lad, Dara Costello, was playing for us. He's with Bradford on loan from Burnley. and yeah. uh, Now, uh, a great talent, Johnny Higgins, who was with uh, UCD, and Colin Kelly who was down with Treaty. So the kind of circle and all that like you know all roads either lead away from Galway back to Limerick or it's in the other direction but we had a wonderful night that night where we just walked up the Dyke road and uh, the president was with us again and uh, I think we had about two thousand people and the biggest first division crowd outside the playoffs I think for many for many seasons now last year uh I refer to Cork, they had huge crowds in the turners crowd across. We had the biggest crowd, It's would say last year when we played at Cork at the end of the first series, since it's says Sunderland was there when Roy brought them over in I'd say the maybe two or maybe two oh six or, or something like, or around that time, or maybe a little earlier, two oh four. So those are nice that you could that you remember those are the things that you know, the redevelopment of MDC Park or Trailand. That meant a lot to me, but there was other kind of things on the way. And I, I was chair when we got promoted um, in in, um, in, in as FC, and, and that that was probably the biggest honour. I remember two great Shelbourne guys, uh, the chairman uh, Joe Quinn and Shea Weefer, and the graciousness when, when when we beat them, I think in the semi final, the playoff, and the way that they addressed that and for the way their own personal disappointment came over to me. I learned an awful lot about sport that night in terms of I wouldn't have been able to do. I'm I mean, maybe so disappointed and so upset. And thinking back, you were there to square one, and Shels have been a long, long time in the in in the first division, had a good team, put a lot of investment into it. So you know, you, you think of these things, and um, you know, there there are good days, but they're sandwiched between an awful lot of heartache and disappointment, and um, you know, things not working out as you hope they will, and maybe being you feel let down by the face or let down by people or whatever it is but uh, you can't you know you can't really you don't go into it for the big days you hope you get them but you know provided i think in a league of ireland context you you put out a good team you pay your bills, you you, you provide something for the public you 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 let people dream and hope and again that there's no there's nothing you know catching up with you afterwards itself is an achievement and i think you know at the start of every season there's what eight ten teams going to post in the first division you know there can only be one winner there might be one other team going up but it doesn't mean to say that the other six or seven teams that the managers or the committees or boards have done bad jobs you know but then you get stick like it from supporters etc like the market's feeding Last year, when we lost to Waterford, you know, there was great disappointment. There was the episode with the stand. Uh, yeah. We did well, but we, you know, we were beaten by three goals, and you can't say. Uh, again, there was a disappointment. I was very upset by the, you know, the way that our crowds, or some of our crowd, turned on job coffee. I found that very upsetting. And, you know, I thought it was so, you know, ill-deserved, but, you know, fate supporters, results, they're, Things like that
0: are fickle, you know. Football supporters can be very fickle, Noel. And I know that when we were discussing that the end of, at the end of season, we thought similar to Bernie that it would, the, the abuse that, that John Caulfield, I suppose, endured on the night was was a bit over the top, to, to say the least. Um, you know, I, people seem to forget it was an incredibly competitive first division. So just because Galway had put resources into it definitely didn't necessarily mean you were going to get out of the division. But that seemed to be the way that supporters uh, thought.
1: well it, that that was the case and um you know I I would I you know I've known I suppose nearly every manager that managed Galway United and I you know I, I'm absolutely convinced in John's professionalism and his integrity and his will will to win I think he's absolutely wonderful I'm not apologizing to any man for having that opinion I accept that people can have other opinions but you know I'm retired now and I'm you know, I, I, I I'm. It's a possible for me to go and watch them train regularly and uh, watch the preparations and uh, first class. And um, you know, I, I, I'm. I'm really happy. I want, I want to do well. Bringing Ali in with them is a, is a big thing. All that kind of passion that he he stores up, I think it'll be it'll be great. But there's great football knowledge and there's great. Um, Chemistry between the two of them, so you'd hope that that might be the, the extra dimension, but, you know, like, you know, one game played, it's it's, 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 it's not a good time to be making for uh, predictions or anything like that. Yeah, certainly.
0: There has been a huge amount of bite in the game that you referenced earlier on between uh, Galway and Treaty over the last couple of seasons, Bernie, obviously because of the crossover of players uh, in particular. You have uh, three, well, two former Treaty players in the squad in Ed McCarthy and a currently injured, Callum McNamara, who was signed in pre-season, and obviously as well, Killian Bruder, who signed... Um, I suppose all the way back when Limerick FC were were going uh, out of business effectively. Um, how are those uh, three players, in your opinion, getting on uh, with Galway? I suppose particularly McCarthy and Broder, who you have seen. You probably haven't seen much of Callum and
1: No, I haven't seen Callum play but I, I couldn't I couldn't praise uh, Ed McCarthy or or uh, Killian Broder enough. I think they're wonderful human beings, great great lads, and they're a huge addition to Anidreston. A uh, epitome of honesty and real kind of. Commitment to it. They seem to be very happy in the job, and you know, I, 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 I you know, I watched them both this morning, and you know, they're there, they're present, they're about their business, and uh, I think the full-time setup kind of suits them, or you know, satisfies their their their, their ambitions, but. Uh, um, they're great lads, absolutely first class. And, um, you know, I see Conor ba- Barry has joined uh, Treaty this year. And there was a guy that I had huge time for as a, when he was a student. And his career kind of is, he, you know, he's kind of meandered a little bit, but he's a lovely player, lovely, skillful on the ball. So I think he'd be an addition to, to, to Treaty this season as well. But um, if, Cal- if Calum does the same job as the other two lads, probably we are blessed.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I know that still remains to be seen. Just to bring yourself in there, Noel. Um I know that Bernie was speaking about the the Terry Park uh, redevelopments and AMDC Park as it's now known as um uh, for for the younger uh, viewers here, but we remember this Terryland Park. Um you, you had many a battle yourself Noel, in in Terry Lynn Park over the over the years, but I suppose it's great to see now what it's turned into because I do remember watching uh the I think it was the FAI Cup semi final between Galway and Finn Harps in nineteen ninety nine and and it's it, the ground was it was kind of almost wide open now you've got two uh, very uh, I suppose state of the art type stands in M um, and DC Park so that's uh, there's been huge improvements on that front uh in Galway.
2: Yeah, listen, it's great to listen to to Barney. You can listen to him all night. Uh, in fairness, and you know, the the way that the love he has for his club. And uh, I was particularly delighted to hear him back in John Caulfield because I'd be a big fan of John's myself and I think he's doing a really good job. Um I was upset myself leaving the markets field after that playoff game, and you knew that because the two of us were at that game together. Um I rang a, a great Galway man that night in Patrick Dolan and I just couldn't Kind of believe the carry on of the Galloway supporters. I spoke to a few of them on the way out as well, and I just felt there was there was no talking talking to them. But uh, my first away game, uh, I was brought to, Terryland Park it was about nineteen eighty. Uh, my neighbour Jim O'Donnell of O'Donnell Engineering. He was a big Limerick uh, fan at the time, and it was the first away match that that I went to. So and obviously look. It was always, it's a bit of a local derby. I know it's not the same province, but it's, it's nearer to, um, to Limerick than, than Cork is, you know. So th- there's always been a little battle there and um, it was always been tough. I certainly remember my battles with Tony Mannion in, in the early 2000s as well. Um, Galway were a real handful uh, on, under Tony Mannion and I certainly learned a lot from him as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose, Bernie, looking ahead to this game between Treaty uh, and Galway at m and Park on, on Friday. Um, Looking at it in an overall sense with the league, I think Galway will be favourites going into the game, although all these games seem to only be settled by the odd goal. That's 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 for sure. There were some really big battles between the sides last year, including Galway's big comeback at the Marcus Field when they were 2-0 down and um, 1-3-2, which was a pivotal result for them. Um. I know we were speaking about Ollie Horgan going in with John Caulfield and looking at the squad now and maybe looking at the likes of Waterford, even though they have started really well losing Phoenix Patterson and Junior Quaterna. Um, I suppose you know the league title that'll be de- they'll be desperate to get their hands on that in Galway. And obviously the attendances show that because the attendances have been a uh, huge up. The appetite is certainly there to get Premier Division football back to Galway. Well, yeah,
1: and I think you know what, what we've learned is we've gone into the playoffs, uh, Three years in a row and come out empty-handed. So you really have to go in the front door and um, you know win win the the league. You, you certainly don't spurn at it. But if somebody said to me, you know, what you want to win the thing or to get promoted is promoted is the, is the, is the issue. Um, you know, I think you know the investment that the Comers have put into it and the, the full time setup. I suppose so there is a kind of a uh, you know a kind of an ambition and uh, you know a will that. If, if at all uh, humanly possible, sporting wise, that you that you play start to get uh, the chance to play Premier football, but that's true of every team that goes out. And really, you know, the favourite thing I don't put any store in because, you know, after after that great comeback from Galway, we played um, Treaty in in in, in DC Park, and it was the night before uh, Stephen Walsh's wedding, and you know. Lads like Connor, Wayne, and uh, Mark Louden, and well, those two were in particular, be great friends of Stephen. And you know, when when the ball was kicked off, like that was it. And uh, you know, the, the the focus of the Limerick lads, uh, you know, on the Treaty jury was absolutely first class. They weren't out there except to represent Treaty, and they, they were they were magnificent in it. And they got at all the ball and all the possession and all the chances, but there was no concession and. Um, don't expect anything any different, you know. You know, have watched Limerick teams as as far as I I, I can remember, and uh, even minded too to talk about eighty five. There, it was that game between replay game between Limerick and uh, Galway United that which Galway got to the final in, but that gave Galway its tickets to Europe. So, in, in many respects, work player wise and club wise, and almost history wise there's huge similarities between the clubs and the same kind of ambition between them and uh, possibly say that the junior game in in Limerick is that bit stronger and has its own uh, pull w- whereas I'd say you could argue that maybe the junior game in Galway isn't as strong and it's interesting now that um, again it's a, if there's one, only one Galway club left in the last eight of the FBI Junior Cup and that's a uh, uh, a country team which which shows like that the big powers like Merview and Saltill, uh, which you might have expected because they League of Ireland experience yeah. that they haven't they haven't backed it up as well whereas like you certainly know it, you you feel always that Limerick junior soccer had that kind of um, traditional lore and uh, you know that, that 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 it really really is big with people there and a great following and great support for it I find the Galway Junior game is great. is great, and there's the amount know, the of clubs that are involved, uh, men's and women, is terrific. But I don't know where you know. I, I want a better judge of myself to say, well, what's what the standard of it is like, you know. I'm um, also I remember before Galway went into the League of Ireland, who Galway won the, uh, the Oscar Trainer in 1971. It's a long time since 1971 without having a basketball trainer, no fellas would point out, they went to about five finals and last, but you know, you, you'd like to win another one. Uh, Sometimes,
0: Absolutely. And I suppose just on a final note uh, with you on on with us, uh, Bernie, uh, what was uh, really, I suppose, uh, uh, brilliant to see last weekend was the the attendances at all League of Ireland grounds, uh, to be fair. I know that, unfortunately for us in in Limerick, we were the only ones not to break the 1,000 mark uh, of attendance. But, you know, there was a few sold out grounds. I think there was over 30,000 people in attendance at League of Ireland matches um, so it the game here does appear to be growing uh, bit by bit.
1: Well, yeah, I, I, a bit my, I, 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 I certainly know that kind of Galway United's uh, post COVID attendances are, are are huge, and 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 that's true. And I think COVID had a lot to do with it in terms t- of the value, like of, of the value of actually being out and supporting our own teams. And you know all the like, I don't mind any person following a team in England. A good luck to them, but uh, you know they. Almost a craven way where you know people see themselves as soccer followers, but wouldn't even think of going outside the door to support their local team. I mean, I, I find it difficult to you know to you know to be in in company with people like that. The the you know the essence of sport, I think, has been involvement and you support your own. You know, and know in my household, like it's Galway and Treaty on Friday night, and it's Galway and Limerick and hurling on Sunday, and you go and you support and. enjoy it all whether it's the rugby the soccer the gaelic you you go out and you support because it's your own and i think that's possibly coming back and you know i give credit to some of the dublin clubs and that that you know that they they have a much more community orientation to the way that they put their product out there but i also think it's the work of the clubs themselves um the F.I. you know are how would I say they delighted with it. but i'd I'd give all that credit to to the to the clubs themselves rather than to would say the national organization, which still isn't robust enough, I think, to actually go out and do that. Indeed, you know I've had the community officers when I was secretary twenty years ago, and you know if they had a designated guy in there trying to uh, trying to build up the club. It'll be hard to do that again, but you know, credit to the people who are getting the people in. The atmosphere at games is better. The the the, the sense that it counts amongst people is important too. And um, you know, uh, again, too, I suppose we talked about grounds in different times. To go to the Markets Field you now to go to MDC um, Park is a far better experience, like than the times that Noel and I referenced this evening. And um, you know, long may that continue.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's been a pleasure to, to have you on the show with us, Bernie, and get your insight uh, into everything. Um, I suppose the only thing I will say is I hope you're not in a good mood come quarter to ten on uh Friday evening and that 3D are taking home the points down the M18. Well, we will we, agree
1: we, <laughs> to hope otherwise, but uh, I'm certainly not counting on any chickens or no chickens have hatched here in Galway on that one.
0: Well, thanks, Bernie. Thank you very much.
1: A okay, pleasure. Thanks very much,
0: Hassel. Good night, Bernard. Noel, no, um, Noel O'Connor, myself and yourself left to to mull over uh, the League of Ireland action from last weekend and, of course, coming up uh, this weekend. Obviously, Noel, 3D United lost out 1 0 to Bray Wanderers. To be honest with you, Noel, it looked it was an even enough game, it looked as if it was heading for a draw when it got to that late stage. Ben Feeney gets a goal. I, I have to apologise actually to Mark Ludden because I wrote in my report that it was Mark Ludden that um, made the mistake for the goal with a header at the back post. It was actually Anthony O'Donnell who miscued the header and Jake Walker put it back across the box, and Ben Feeney was waiting in there just to score um, the the winning goal, which Bray were were went into jubilation um, mode at that stage, like to get a winner in in that fashion. I suppose Noel, what did you make of the overall performance from from 3D United on the night?
2: Yeah, it was. I think it was a typical first game of the season. Um particularly the first half, you know, there was there wasn't a lot of football. There was a lot of long balls. Bray were trying a lot of diagonal balls as well. And um, you know, you wouldn't expect a lot like in, in terms of play our teams and players, you know, they'll probably need to get a few games under their belts. Um I thought Bray play played quite well overall. Um, it was a typical Ian Ryan show in terms of their, their passing. Thought they were nice and quick and bright overall, a lot of triangles. And, you know, there was a good bit of movement there. They certainly create a lot of problems for for Treaty on their left and Treaty's right got a few passes, you know, in between the the full-back and the centre-half. As Tommy said, they didn't really test the keeper, but uh, I thought the Treaty were working very hard to stay with them. Um, There was a lot of blocking and tackling and chasing and harrying done like because they did kind of dominate the ball. I had to give him credit because they kept going. They kept playing, playing that way. He he made a few good changes, I thought. Brought on a few players that impact like Luka Lovic. And uh, as you mentioned, uh, was it Ben Feeney came on late yeah. as well. And, uh, you know, they kept playing the way that, that he wants them to play. And uh, they probably got the reward. It's a very big win for them. I think it's a big win for Ian Ryan as well. Um, obviously despite how well he's done, say, particularly last year, um, certainly had a bit of an issue with, with Treaty. And um, they found it very hard to win games. And, you know, it, it certainly will get, give them a big boost. Um, It's hard to really judge, you know, it's one game. I'm sure Treaty are very disappointed. They certainly had a few chances as well. Mm. And uh, on another day, they probably could have got a draw or even a win. And look, we've seen it, but certainly... It didn't happen and it's certainly not going to get it any easier on uh, on Friday night.
0: Yeah, certainly not, Noel. Um, I suppose just that there was a 20-minute period, Noel, in the second half where 3D were probably on top. Um, you know, the, the standout player for Bray, uh, in my opinion, and many people's opinion on the night, was Cole Amor. more young uh, one, excuse my pronunciation, but he was the standout player, I felt, and he made a crucial block when Alex Moody flapped that across when Conor Barry looked all but set to put the ball in the net. Uh, that was a big chance. Obviously, Lee Devitt had a good chance in the first half as well. He drew a good save uh, from Moody. But I felt, you Noel know, once three, he probably didn't score in that 20-minute period. I didn't think they were actually going to lose the game, but I did think it was a case of they weren't going to win the game at that stage. Um, so, you know, that that in that period of that two to three chances
2: that they did have, uh, they just obviously failed to capitalize by putting the ball in the net. Yeah, and I was watching the match with, with Sean O'Shea of Farley Wexford, and I think he might be doing a bit with Bray now, and I asked him, how did you pronounce... Uh... Cole's second name, and he just said, Look, the lads just call him Cole, so I'm going to do the same (laughs) thing and just call him Cole. But I thought he was absolutely outstanding all all during the game. I haven't seen a more dominant performance by a center half. I think he won everything in the air. Um, you spoke about his block, he got another one in straight away, I think nearly, or he did either just after after Mm -hmm. that one. Um, he looked a real threat from set pieces, arrived late in the first (laughs) half, where a header at the back post just kind of ran out of pitch. And um, I thought he took a really good yellow card as well, to say, when Bray were defending their lead um, in, in the last few minutes of the game. Uh, signed from Shamrock Rovers was an under-19 last year. Ian Ryan looked to get him on loan with Wexford uh, in the window last year and didn't get him. But they have signed, you know, and, you know, to me, he looks like a really, really good sign and a guy that has a has a big future.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I know that with the 3 team, may- maybe one or two surprises, Noel. You know, it's the first night of the season, so it's hard to, to uh, judge anything. Ryan, the Ryan Connolly situation would have changed uh, a lot, I suppose, in, in a short period of time. But Stephen Christopher, I did actually think that Ben O'Reard would play a lot more at centre-back this year because of maybe the lack of options, particularly you know, Mark Walsh being in midfield. Um, he did play centre-back next time to Anthony O'Donnell um, on Friday night. Stephen Christopher played at right-back. I don't think they did uh, particularly much wrong. And this time he said Chris Lyons was taken off after maybe 75 minutes or so. So as you said, they were working hard to to keep them out. Um I suppose the one concern you'd have maybe was, is midfield now. But in saying that, I suppose Alec Byrne from Cork City has signed and all that will, that will surely help uh, some bit as well because, you know, Colin Conroy is so young, he's probably going to be in and out of the team before he ever gets a consistent run uh, at it as well, isn't
2: he? Yeah, look, I think I was kind of surprised by a few position um, placements on the pitch myself. I thought it was... An unusual one to see Stephen Christopher right back. I thought actually that Ben Reardon would play there. And I know initially when he came in last year, it was like he was a replacement for for Charlie Fleming or when Jack Lynch wasn't available to play there. Um, And I thought they had issues there in the first half, although obviously it didn't uh, result in a goal. But, a lot of a lot of attacks came down that that side, and they were able to pass the ball through. If you like, there seemed to be a big gap between the right side of centre half and and Stephen Christopher. Like you know, he, in in those situations, he probably needed to to narrow in a little bit. But like not having a lot of game time as a full back, you know, those little subtle things um, come to the fore. Um, I thought he would play Ben Reardon right back and Mark Walsh centre back. In fairness to Anton O'Donnell, you know, he might have had two goals from from set plays. No, you talk about the error at the end, but look, I, I think he'll be a great addition back. Look, and he's been out mm-hmm. for a year. Um, he looks like a guy that's going to score a lot of goals from corners. Um, that was encouraging,
0: wasn't it, Noel? Because we all know yeah, he scored six was. goals yeah. in twenty twenty one, but that was really encouraging.
2: Yeah, there was one real chance that, like, it, I think he just headed over the bar, did he? And I think, look, yeah. if 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 it was a few games in, or maybe he was playing all last year, I, I think he certainly would have scored that. Um, the midfield as well. Um. My memories, if you like, of Conor Barry is, is a guy playing in the middle, like he's kind of a very polished midfielder. thought he, he might have played as a number 10 behind um, Enda Kern and, you know, obviously out of possession would be a third midfielder. Um, But look, that's their the decisions that Tommy made. I think that right back position, you know, it's been a bit of a an issue now for a couple of seasons, to be honest with you. like. You know, everyone knows, certainly my opinion on Charlie Fleming, and I know Jack Lynch was there in and out. Um, always did well there, but, you know, he was the last out in midfield then when he went there, and uh, it's it's certainly a position that probably needs to be looked at. Um, Alec Byrne, obviously, is a really, really big signing, you know, to get a full-time professional player in from a Premier Club, and, and a young guy as well, a guy that has the First Division medal in, in, in his pocket, and it is a place, I think we mentioned it even last week, Mm-hmm. Uh, there has been issues in the middle of the park there was issues in the middle of the park last year you know you had Joe, Joe Collins playing there and you know lots of times it didn't really work out with him and you know he was taken off and I think uh, in fairness to Lee David, he played well, had a couple of uh, strikes and certainly worked really hard but it was kind of from the defensive side that he worked really hard putting in tackles and tracking runners and you know I just felt they were kind of over overworked in there and um, we didn't really see a lot of them. We didn't see Colin Conroy, Arlie Devitt on the ball much in terms of getting it down and, and passing it. And uh, that's something probably that, that that will need to be addressed. And I think Braid did very well say, you know, obviously it's a season now after where Enda Kern has got 19 or 20 goals. And look, I'm sure before every match there'll be a discussion about him. One of the things I thought that would work against uh, our woodwork if you were marking him, would be to keep the the defence nice and high and keep him away from the goals as much as you can. And I think Brady did that very well on on Friday night. And you could see him getting very, very frustrated. It doesn't really suit him to be around the halfway line and maybe running in behind, chasing balls. It's not his game. He's he's a much better player near near the opposition box. And I think they certainly limited his chances to to scraps. And uh, they certainly got rewarded for that. Yeah,
0: absolutely, and it was a big win for Brian, disappointing for Treedy. Obviously, no time to dwell on that now and all. I'm um, just looking ahead to the Galway game. We've we've mentioned it. We mentioned it with Bernie there earlier on. There's always a lot of bite between these clubs now, but just not just because of the crossover a player. The two managers seem to always be added on the sideline as well, and there's always some subplots going on uh, as well. Then you throw Ollie Horgan into the mix, and this is a real combustible element altogether. Um, as seen by Ollie getting the yellow card on his return to Finn Park last week. Um, but I suppose just looking at the 3D team, Noel, Alec Byrne, if he's there with the squad this week, which you'd expect him to be, you'd imagine Tommy would look at it saying, we'd probably throw him straight in uh, here. You got Then you might free up Mark Walsh to play at centre-back, Ben Reardon to play at right-back and maybe bring in Conor Barry into the central area where you were talking about as a number 10 and maybe have Stephen Christopher back out onto the wing where he has played for 3D. There, so even just with that one player to bring in, it does free up players to play in maybe
2: more natural positions. I think it does, yeah. And look, Willie Armshaw is a guy who started a lot of games, particularly at the back end of last season. And um, I think it's important that, I, you know, and I think we would have brought this up before, like that you're not too defensive against Golloween. And when when we do play attacking players, like because they do get their full backs forward a lot. And if you have a couple of attacking players on the pitch, it keeps them preoccupied, if you like, with their with their primary role, which is which is dealing with, uh, you know, the attacking players of Treaty. And I think maybe, you know, I think he'd make a big difference. And I I, I do think that maybe isn't a bad idea at the start of the year, you know, to be nice and solid and play that experience and having, you know, the likes of Ben Reardon right back and Mark Walsh in in, in the middle. You think Anto Don will be a bit better now with a game under his belt. And uh, certainly, with a guy like Alec Alec Barn in the middle is is a massive boost to treaty, particularly with the loss of Ryan Connolly, you know, which was you know a bit out of the blue and didn't really give Tommy a lot of a lot of time. and you know, to get someone in of that caliber and fairness he he has, albeit a younger lad, a guy that certainly has has the same potential.
0: Noel, obviously, it goes without saying uh, at AM and DC Park, which Treaty have found, despite being in the games all the time, um, you know, it's going to be incredibly difficult. Um, Galway got a very good win as well last week away to Finn Harps. I know Finn Harps are in the early stages of farming their side under, under Dave Rogers, but we all know what uh perils await you when you go to Finn Park and it looked fairly assured, although they did concede a, a very well it looked a relatively soft penalty that, that Rob Slevin gave away uh for Galway. Um but a big win nonetheless. Um uh I suppose you still have Stephen Walsh playing up front uh, for Galway. Ed McCarthy did quite well in that game as well. And the new uh, central midfielder, Vincent Bourdon, who kept Dave Hurley out of the starting team, got a, a double as well. Um, yeah, like it's, it's. I suppose, look, we just, as I said, it just goes without saying that we're not expecting Treaty to come away from M&DC uh, with the victory. The only thing about it is we've seen in the past that m dc Park, in terms of the defensive structure of Treaty United, can suit them in terms of limiting Galway's
2: chances too. It can look. I think Bernie made a great choice. Look, with all the Galway players that, that are in that squad now as well, they're obviously going to raise their game. And that's not to say that, that they don't put a, a good shift in every week. But look, we all know what it's like when you face your your former club. Maybe a few of them might feel that they should still be with the you know that club. And it really it really brings it, you know, down, it really tightens it up. Um Treaty will be doubly determined now this week. Look, it's at the start of the season, all you really want to do is to get up. Up and running, like you know. I mean, I, if you probably said to them that they could have a point today, they'd probably take the hand off you, you know. But it is going to be a difficult night, um, and uh, the, it's going to be a night maybe where they've you know, they're going to do a lot of running again, if you like, like they did on Friday. Um, and there's a few bits that we don't really know, if, you know, how Alec Burn is going to do or, or what kind of shape he's in, and uh, it's it's certainly a daunting task for them, I think. Um, I took Galloway to do well. I think it is a big win for them. Um they'll be very buoyant this week and you know they'll be determined to drive it on. You know, they're they're carrying the pain of three years, I think, Bernie said of of a playoff playoff agony, and um they'll really be all out to to fight to, to the playoff route this year.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and another one of those former Galway players who was in between the goalposts uh, last week for Treaty was was Connor Wynne. All, um, without harping on about it too much, that that is obviously a problem position as we flagged in the in the first. Uh, part of the season with, you know, Ty Grime playing so well, Jack Brady playing so well the season after we were always fairly assured of our goalkeeper. Um, we're not so much so the case now kind of win hasn't played League of Ireland football a lot at all in recent years. Um, you know, it looked unsure at times I felt against Bray, uh, even coming for one or two crosses. He didn't seem, seem to, to get near them. Wasn't overly tested, obviously on the night, uh, in terms of shot stopping. Uh, but like, you know, it, it is, it is a concern,
2: uh, Going forward, you'd imagine? Yeah, look, I mean, we've got to give the guy a chance. Now, I think you're right. There Mm -hmm. was a couple of balls that he came from. um, I think, yeah, one of them was in the first half. Um, I thought overall his kicking was quite poor as well. Um, Probably too many balls I felt went, you know, went out of play or certainly not in in an area where, you know, where 3D are. But look, maybe they can tweak those. I think that's going to be important on Friday night because. um, the way Galway played, there'll certainly be a lot of balls, that's say, to be restarted. And, um, you know, they'll be looking at, at him as well maybe and seeing that, you know, they have an opportunity to to test him and they'll be looking to do that early on. And, you know, you certainly don't want to go a goal down too early in, in that game um, because it, it certainly could be a very long night Um, if, if you do. Yeah, absolutely. Although I will say one uh, maybe positive is that I think kind of one of kind of wins best
0: performances for 3 if not the best, was in a nil-all draw at m dc Park last year against Galway. Probably upped this game as, as well, as, as Bernie was saying, uh, for that game. So hopefully that will continue uh, on Friday night. And uh, all it was, a I suppose, a blistering opening night. We, we mentioned the attendances, which we talk about again. Um, look at ferry Carry Park. It was absolutely bouncing. Um, I, I think it was the cup final that you were involved in yourself. Was it against Derry where there was the last uh, attendance anywhere near that in, in Ferry-Carrie Park against Derry? Um, there was a light show, fireworks display. Uh, welcoming the two teams out into the pitch. Now, unfortunately, there wasn't a lot of fireworks in terms of the performance from Wexford by all accounts on the night with Washima Mousria getting a hat-trick and um, what looked like two goalkeeping errors, really soft goals uh, scored by Waterford as well. Look, I know it's the first night, so you'll certainly be hoping that close, I think it was just under 2,000 were at Ferry carry Park, so you'd be hoping that the, the public will, will stick with it in, in Wexford uh, a, a bit longer than the, that result suggests.
2: Yeah, I don't look, it's obviously be disappointing to lose three 0 But I think a lot of the, you know, I mean again, maybe what Tommy will be touching on, it'll be the games against against Treaty and, you know, the, the teams that'll be around them that'll be the ones that are going to be important. Um obviously you want to get off to a good start. But look, in fairness, the there was always a good hardcore group of Wexford youth um supporters in my time as well. And obviously not two thousand only for the for the likes of uh when we played wolves and and Derry but um they'll probably stick it out for another while and look probably have a core of of a good side i think their goalkeeper could be an issue for them as well um it just shows you this, the kind of tightness around the league in terms of, of of goalkeepers you only have to look at cork city signing a a goalkeeper from celtic um for their Premier League season. So, um, but look, they'll be, um, they'll get going and I'm sure they'll be there, thereabouts in that fifth or sixth or seventh position and there'll be some really good games there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. A a really good start for uh, for Waterford as we expected, to be fair, who take on uh, Longford. Uh, Obviously, another big night as well in Mount Hawk Park, Noel, uh, with Kerry FC. Uh, playing their first ever uh, League of Ireland game against Cove Cove came out with the victory we do obviously as we said expect Cove to be much stronger um, this year than they were last year that wouldn't be too difficult uh, considering how bad a year it was for Cove uh, last season but uh, a good start for them and a good start for Jack Doherty who had an assist and a goal uh,
2: in Kerry as well Yeah look it's it's a, a good win for Cove, I think, because you know, those games can be very tricky. Um I remember actually our first home game in Wexford Jutes in, you know, seven or eight was was a home game on a Sunday against Cove and you know we came out two one winners. Um we didn't win a lot of games after that. But uh I think it was a it was a good test to Cove. Um there'll probably be some easier wins down in Kerry, you know, later on in the season. And um they look like they're certainly up and running now and they have the three points. So it'll be interesting to see how they go in, in, in the next few weeks.
0: Yeah, probably, the, I suppose, the, the main shock of the of the weekend was Atlone Town going to Longford and overturning Longford 3-1 in the Midlands Derby. I suppose not an unbelievable shock because we do expect Longford maybe not to be as strong as they were uh, last season, Noel. Um, but obviously Atlone have been written off to be in the bottom two uh, in most quarters, probably just ahead of, of Kerry, Kerry FC, but Francois Parra, who actually Noel was uh, sent off for a second booking when he took his top over his head. He didn't even take his top off fully, and the referee gave him a second booking. Um, but he got two goals for Athlone. Uh, a really good confidence boosting win for Athlone and That's the second time they've done that in in the the
2: back. Uh, sorry, the home ground of their main rivals. Yeah, and to think, I think was it how many games did they play last year before? Before they got a win, I think it was ten or eleven games. I think before they got a win. So look, they'll be buoyed up by that. They're obviously kind of a cosmopolitan group. I think is is how you would describe them. Um, there hasn't been a huge amount of investment there, from what I'm hearing. That at Loan <clears throat> board, if you like, are putting more money into the women's side of it because I think it's easier to get success or easier to you know to get to cup final and and to be near top of the league. And they know that you know. Even if they do get to the top of the league in the first division, it's going to be difficult to, you know, to stay in the Premier. But uh, they're certainly going to be a bit more competitive than they were last year. And it only adds to the intrigue of of, 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 the, of the season.